What's up, everybody? It's Bo here with another She-Hulk TV talk. Okay, I don't think I've ever been more enthusiastic about not getting the cameo that I wanted to get this episode. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, all right, so we, we went into this episode, and because of the way that last week ended, I think it's safe to say we were all expecting to see some Daredevil this episode. But instead, they threw us a curveball and did this hilarious wedding episode. I mean, like, even the way it was structured, like, ah, it seemed like an inconvenient time. Well, that's how weddings happen. Like, I, that was just pretty funny. And on top of that, what really made this is every single storyline I felt was hilarious and a ton of fun. So obviously, I mean, part of this too is like literally a couple of weeks ago, I was at a wedding. So my, my headspace and like, you know, when you kind of go into uh, the wedding vortex, it's like you step into like an alternate reality for a few days. You're not at work. Life isn't normal. Everybody's wearing different things. And, you know, you're just kind of like, you know, having nice food and nice drinks and like all these, you know, the pomp and circumstance and all the best possible ways, because of course you're celebrating people you love. All that to say, it was really fun seeing Jen getting kind of pulled into that. And I'm actually kind of glad that we're picking up almost pretty you know, aggressively right after the Titania story or kind of legal battle from last week, uh, she didn't drop it. Like she, she's literally popping up here in this civilian-esque space, mostly, well, no, intentionally and directly just to mess with Jen, to like throw down with her, which is good. We've needed to see Titania kind of step up a little bit more. We've talked about throughout these episodes how she's kind of been, you know, really used uh, in the promotional material as the antagonist for She-Hulk. And in, in one aspect of her life, that's true. I mean, she, like like Titania versus She-Hulk is very much going to be a through line, it seems, throughout the, the rest of this uh, season. However, as I've been arguing and as I think we've continued to see, Titania is not the quote-unquote big bad. She's not the one that is kind of behind the scenes, the greater threat that's going on. I love the fact that we dove into the concept around this website where you have kind of all these trolls going after She-Hulk and they're probably talking about a whole bunch of different uh, issues on there. And you know, that somebody is using the data that they're, they've got with all of these different folks to work on some sort of, I guess, solution or some sort of means of getting She-Hulk's blood. It's almost like they're using the, the internet and like all of these different kind of fanatics and, and, you know, uh, mentally unstable individuals to go after She-Hulk or find different information to kind of test different things so that they can get what it is they're, you know, really after, which is her blood. Been saying it since the beginning of the show. We're talking about the leader here, y'all. Like, that is exactly who we're talking about. And the fact that we see the leader now engaging in some form or fashion with kind of this, like, you know, low-key kind of winking at alt-right website type situation you know, you fast forward to the fact that the leader is going to be the villain of Captain America, New World Order, and you kind of start to, you know, the gears, I mean, like everything's starting to fit, okay? Like you're starting to see how She-Hulk and Captain America are starting to click a little bit more like a perfect Lego brick that you didn't quite know was going to fit right there, and there it is. I thought that the jokes throughout this episode were absolutely hilarious. Like I was just busting out laughing the entire time. The other thing I loved about this is not only was the, the wedding stuff and kind of, you know, uh, the She-Hulk storyline, really, really great and a lot of fun. You also have this uh, great B plot line with uh, Nikki and Mallory, and they're handling this case with Mr. Immortal. Now, Mr. Immortal is a character from the comics, and what I think is most notable about all of this is that he's a mutant. So we see that the MCU continues to play around with characters that are mutants without actually calling them mutants. We're seeing specifically this law firm that exists solely to deal with superheroic cases or, or cases involving, you know, superpowered individuals. 
uh, starting to deal with the fact that there's a lot of pop up in the in the past. Right. We saw that there was this, you know, this Asgardian shape shifting light elf. Right. OK, well, that fits with what we've seen. But Mr. Immortal is, you know, just some dude that is. I mean, like to some extent, you could argue the same for Titania. We don't quite know exactly how she got her powers. My guess is it's connected with what the leader is doing. But regardless, we don't know what her situation is. Mr. Immortal, they haven't said specifically why he's able to constantly revive himself. But at the same time, if they are leaning on the power set for the character in the comics, he's a mutant. So I'm very curious to see if this has implications beyond just a really, really funny storyline involving him, his multiple ex-wives, and his absolute just inability to deal with confrontation. When he threw himself out the window, <laughs> I just died. I thought it was great. Uh, but yeah, no, so I, I love I loved this uh, the joke that they had with this character. But seriously, like, didn't he mention that one of his ex-wives was like some baronesque from history, maybe? I don't know. I, I, you know, part of the, the downside of the minis is it's, it's kind of hot takes. But if that's the case, basically whoever his first, like where, where in the timeline his first marriage falls, which I believe is probably a widow that is no longer, you know, an ex-wife that is no longer alive. Whoever that is, if he was with her, one imagines that's potentially the earliest that we are getting a confirmation of a mutant in this world right? Uh, theoretically, that predates Iron Man, that predates mm, Captain America, maybe? I don't know. It just depends on where it falls in the timeline. Now, of course, we've got Namor that's coming up in uh, you know the next Black Panther movie, and Namor is kind of, uh, in, in, the, in the comics, they kind of uh, retcon Namor to be the world's oldest mutant. I don't know if they're going to go that route in uh, Wakanda Forever. They might, and so that'll be interesting, but the point is that it does seem as though Mutants have existed in our world for quite some time. And as we go a little bit further past phase four into phase five and beyond, and we start having these conversations about mutants, which I imagine we're going to hear more and more about in about a year's time, there's just been a lot of theories about like, is it going to be like all of a sudden that there are mutants? Or is it going to be that mutants have been here this entire time? I think what we are seeing with this particular character is that mutants have been with us this entire time. It does provide a lot of fodder for the uh, the law firm, law firm and for She-Hulk in, in particular to, uh, yeah, to dive into a lot of these individuals popping up and their legal cases, which perhaps in the past they couldn't just go to any regular law firm, right? Like if you've got all these superpower uh, involved cases, nobody's going to believe you. But now, you know, we've seen purple aliens destroy half of, you know, the planet and then all of those people return in five years. Anything is possible. And so this is just a really fun era and a really fun space in the MCU at this time. And so I really, I love the way that they're they're having some fun with it. So as much as I really did love this episode, I am hoping that next week we are going to get Daredevil because I, I was all hyped up for some Daredevil. I was not disappointed at all with what we got, but I'm still hyped up for Daredevil. Oh, Ched, the cousin Greg of the Hulk family uh, is is here. He gets, uh, you know, the, the DJing gig. You know, he keeps coming up in the series and I'm wondering who he may end up becoming. Like, you know, I've, I've made some speculation that perhaps they might bring in the, the at least the concept of Hulkling, but done in like a different way way uh my thoughts are maybe it's going to be bruce's kid where he's gone up into space and he's going to get him who knows maybe ched could be a hulkling maybe he could be a red hulk i don't know or maybe he's just 
cousin Chad. You got to have that cousin Greg. You know, you, you got to have that cousin Greg. But anyway, those are my thoughts on this episode. Uh, as I mentioned, really enjoyed it. Love to hear your thoughts. Head over to uh, the Twitters. Use She-Hulk TV Talk as a hashtag and let me know your thoughts. You can also find all of our contact information and more at tvtalk.fm. That's going to do it for me for today. But don't worry. I'll be back in a flash. Mm-hmm.